Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Well, I want you to go ahead and turn in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This has been our foundation scripture uh, for our Kingdom Seeds series. I've had so many of you comment about how God has been using this in your life, speaking to you, encouraging you. And, uh, and so we're going to read here in just a moment, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse number 10. Today's a great day for us at Calvary. I love this day. This is the day that uh, we get to make a statement. We get to take a step of faith, plant a seed, and say, this is what I'm, uh, God's asked me to do for kingdom builders for this next year. We've got cards and all the seat backs later on today. I'm going to give you a chance to respond to that. I've been giving you some weeks now to pray about this, think about this. God, how are you going to use me uh, to, to spread the gospel around North Alabama and around the world? It's a, it's a big day for us. We only do this once a year, and it's an exciting time. You know what I love about today as we're gathered here? We're on the other side of this thing. What does that mean? We're on the other side of this thing. I'm thankful today that I'm on the testimony side of Kingdom Builders. Can anybody say amen to that? What does that mean? It means I'm part of the sending instead of the receiving today. It means I once was lost, but now I'm found. Anybody excited about that today? I'm excited. I'm on the side of sending the gospel out. Amen? I know who He is. He's changed my life. He's rescued us. And, and today, what a blessing that you and I together get to understand and be reminded and participate. In, in something that's so powerful. We, we begin to understand, you know, we're, I'm not just the guy that needs a blessing. I get to be a blessing. I'm not just a person that's receiving. I'm sowing some seeds today. Aren't you thankful that since you met Jesus Christ, your life has something to give? Aren't you thankful that those empty places have been filled up and, and now you're not living on what someone else can do? God's using you. God's using your testimony and your life and you're a blessing. And you begin to find out, you know, what I do matters. My life makes a difference. I have a reason for being here. And when we do that together as a church family, the results is absolutely supernatural. And, and it's such a privilege to be a part of that. We begin to understand our purpose. You know, one of the big questions everybody asks, they want to know <clears throat> at certain times in their life, why am I on this planet? Why was I born? What am I supposed to do with myself? What's the, what, what's the goal? What's the reason? You know, what's this thing all about? Well, these are the moments. These are the truths that, that fill in those gaps and help us understand I do have a purpose. I do have potential that just needs to be tapped. It's why the church exists. Jesus said we're to do what? We're going to all the world. It'll do what? Preach the gospel to your friends and neighbors, to everyone, Right? To everyone, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. We get that privilege and that assignment. That's what we get to do. How does that happen? Well, let's look here at 2 Corinthians 9, verses 10 and 11. You got that ready? Let's look at this. Now, He, I, I've asked you this every week, so we make sure we get this. Who's the He here in this verse? Okay. Now, can I read it? So that'll be just to read it that way. Now, God who supplies seed to the sower. Who are the sowers? Okay, so I'd be justified to read it like this. Now, God who supplies seed to us. Okay, God who supplies seed to me. Look, tap the person politely on the shoulder next to you. Don't, you know, don't take out any, you know, frustration. Tap them 
politely and say he's talking about you right now. Yeah, everybody in the house. So, so we, we're all included. We're, we're chosen. Did, did any of you ever, uh, you know, kids used to play outside. Remember when kids played outside? Okay. So uh, one of the things we'd do, we, we played sports. And, and we would, uh, instead of playing video games, I really learned how to bounce a basketball. You know, I learned in, instead of playing Madden, I played football. You know, I, I learned how to play basketball. I learned how to swing a bat and hit a ball. It's really amazing. All that stuff in those video games is real somewhere. And, and I remember as a kid growing up, I, in my neighborhood, I had a lot of older guys. And I always wanted to play ball with the older guys. And remember how that would work? Can you guys remember this? Let me, let me, let me educate some of the younger folks in the house. Like if we're going to play baseball, we'd get the bat. And, and so two guys, the captain of each team, they would we'd hold the bat up, we'd grab the bat at the bottom, put his hand on the bottom, and you'd trade hands all the way up like this. And whoever got the top, you got to choose first. So we're all lined up there, ready, you know what I'm saying? And, and so they start choosing teams. I was always the runt. It was real humiliating. It built character for me, though. So they'll say, I'll take him, 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 I'll take him. And you're just standing there, man, the number's getting less. And people, I'm just like, come on, man, somebody pick me, please. You know, somebody choose me. And finally, they get down to guys my size, and they don't even choose me. They say, oh, you can have him. (laughs) But I'm telling you today that you've been chosen first. You hear what I'm saying? God chose you first. He didn't look at you and say, well, I'll take what's left over. Come on, you've been chosen first. You're first on this thing. See, God chose you to be a sower. Come on, ain't that exciting? God invested some of heaven inside of you. It's amazing. God said, I trust her. God said, I trust him. God said, I'm going to put something in them that this world needs. I'm going to invest something in her that this world will never have if she doesn't discover it. It's amazing. I don't care if your family loved you, liked you, named you, forgot you, walked off from you. God chose you first. And He put something in you. He so believes in you and me that He invested something in us that no one else carries on this planet. Wow. There's no second version of you. And you're not a copy of anyone else. I love this thing God does. Now God who gives seed to me Seed to us. And the seed's different for all of us, right? But the value is amazing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting too long on this, so let's look at this. Now, God who supplies seed to us and bread for food, what is God all about doing with the seed? He will supply and your store of seed. Now, guys, you got to get this. God does want to bless us. How many are thankful He does bless us? We're already blessed beyond imagination right now. Amen. When you get to heaven and see the replay of your life, you know what you're going to do? You're going to say this, wow, I should have been more thankful. Man, I should have been more grateful. You mean, God, you did this and I didn't know it? You mean you did that and I never saw it? You mean you spared me from this and saved me from that and put me here and did that there and that person prayed for me and this person prayed for me and you, you, God. Man, God, I should be more thankful. And that's why I said, well, I'm going to give you eternity to catch up. So, see, it's going to be good, isn't it? Okay, all right. So, so he wants to, he does want to bless you. But he's really focusing on what we're looking at. It's what he's invested in you, the seed. 
God wants to put more through us. Not just get it to me, but get it through me. See, this is what we're looking at. He said, there's seed in all of us. We carry seed. This church carries seed. And God is looking at how we respond to that and recognize that. Why? So He can give more seed. Why? Well, why does He do that? Verse 11, you'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. See, if, if, if you live this life with a defeated mentality, if I live my life with a poor me mentality, if I live my life with a lack mentality, if I live my life like a victim mentality, I, I, I don't have anything to give anybody. See, he said, I want to make you rich in every way. Again, people keep getting tripped up on money. He says in every way. He wants you to be rich in how you love people, rich in how you forgive people, rich in how you compliment people, rich in how you speak to your spouse, not your partner, your spouse. Let me go on. So rich in your kindness, rich in the way you express things. See, if I'm poor, I don't have anything to give. But if I'm rich in the forgiveness of God, I can be abundant in forgiving the people around me. If I'm rich understanding, I've been forgiven, I've been accepted, I've been chosen. I didn't earn it. God did it. Jesus paid for it. See, here, you got to understand, you need to start living life with heaven's debit card. I'm trying that again. I mean, who's, who's, I don't know who the big, Jeff... Bezos. Is that the guy that owns Amazon? So if he called you up and said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my debit card for 30 days. Have a good time. Knock yourself out. Come on, don't look at me like that. And, and, and then he said, just try to bankrupt me. You know, you probably, the first time, you'd probably just go to Walmart, wouldn't you? Come on, tell the truth. Just to see if it really worked. You know, you might buy the groceries and get you, uh, uh, I don't know, get a bicycle for the kids. And, 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 and then you give that card and you're standing there going, oh. you know, you're hoping they don't, you know, alarm go off, come arrest you for stealing his car. And, and, and it all works. And you're like, Whoa. it's all not bad. So, you know, it went well. So the next day, you, you know, you, you decide, I'm going to go to Walmart today. I'm going to go to... I don't know, wherever. You're going to go somewhere with that car. And you try it and you spend a little more and you say, this is good. And then you say, glory to God. I'm going to get on line to, I'm going on Amazon. I'm going to see if I can't bankrupt that bad boy. Why? See, you begin to build trust in that card that it works. And what God is saying is, I'm not running out of anything up here. I'm not short on anything up here. Why don't you go try to bankrupt me on how kind you can be, forgiving you can be, generous you can be, kind you can be. Go, go love the people you haven't loved before and, and, and go be kind. Do you understand what I'm saying? We, we are sowing the resources of heaven. And we have to stop living like the people that you don't get along with most of the people you don't like you're jealous of <laughs> don't shout me down 
It even crawls in church sometimes. I'm way off everything right now, but somebody needs to hear this. You know, it, it crawls into church. Somebody gives a testimony. Instead of you praising God, you're like, you know that mean church lady face? Well, how had he answered my prayer yet? Well, I've been church longer than he has. I don't know why God blessed him. He's not running out. He can't just give one testimony a week. It's not one healing a month around here. You understand? It's not one miracle, a miracle a millennium. He's the same Jesus. He's always been. And if he's blessing somebody around you, you ought to be praising God like it's yours because it's just a reminder. He is who he says he is. He does what he says he will do. And he's trusted us. Let me get back to my business here. He's trusted us with the seed of heaven to invest in the lives of the people around us. See, here's the thing. These seeds He's put in our life are specific seeds. I want you to understand that. These seeds that He has put in our life, they, they have an assignment from God. You ever thought about that? Your words, your, your encounters with people, the, the meetings, the interactions... Your career, your profession, what you do, where you live, who you are. These seeds in us have divine assignments. They have a plan. They have a purpose. They have a timing. They have a process. And, and, and God has put you and I on the earth at this time with heaven living in us because the people around us need what He invested in us. And if we begin to understand that and appropriately release and sow these seeds, God said, I've got me somebody. I have a business partner. I have someone. Do you see what I'm saying? And, and, and what happens, the bottom line? So we may be made rich in every way. Why? So we can be generous on every occasion. Why? And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God right now wants to do something through you that's so big, everyone will know that must have been God. God wants to do something through your life that is so obviously from heaven that it gives glory to God. He wants us to believe that we can live bigger than ourselves so that this world will see who He is. That's the plan. But this amazing plan, I, I want you to understand this. This is what happens. As, as we begin to recognize this and share what God's put in us, share the seed, give the seed, release the seed, this is what happens. We are developed because as long as I hold it within me, I, I don't know how, it's, I'm, I'm not trusting, I'm not obeying, I'm not walking in faith, I'm not having these moments to see, wow, God, you're with me. So as I begin to release the seed, all the different qualities, talents, treasures, gifts in my life, I begin to grow in my faith. And grace begins to be multiplied everywhere around us. These seeds develop and multiply everywhere we go. But here's what you have to understand, okay? This plan that I'm teaching you, this, this plan that's obvious in Scripture, listen to me, never initiates until the seed leaves me. The process never starts as long as a as a theory. This incredible process of bringing heaven to earth through His church never is experienced by anyone until we give those seeds away, until we release these seeds that are in our life. Look with me in John chapter 12 and verse 24. John 12, 24. Turn there with me, please. 
This is important. John 12 and verse 24. We understand the process of how these seeds work. This is what Jesus said. John 12, 24. He says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and what? It remains only a single seed. Okay? So as long as I'm holding that seed, whatever it may be, as long as it's mine, it will never be anything but that. It's a single seed. But he says, what happens? He said, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. Now, what does that mean? Well, in the context of here, how does the seed die? When it's planted. When it's put into the right soil at the right time, at the right place, with the assignment God gave it before you and I were ever born, when I get it out of my hand and plant it, then what happens? The husk of the seed now has the environment to break off so what's inside of it can come forth. Until it leaves my hand, it never accomplishes its purpose. Until I release it, I never understand everything it could be. Is everybody with me on this? Let's look at the process. Jesus makes it very clear. Let's look at Luke chapter 10 and verse 25. I just want you to see this. This is how God operates. This is, this is the plan and the purpose of God. Luke chapter 10 and verse 25. I want to go to some familiar passages and make sure that we do not miss what Jesus is showing us. I, lo- I love this one. This is, everybody knows this parable, but we sometimes miss the real truth in it. From Luke chapter 10 verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Not very smart. He's never failed a test. <laughs> okay. So he said, I'm going to test him. So he says this. Watch this. Teacher, he asked, what must I do? Not think. Not know about. What do I do to inherit eternal life? So what did Jesus say? What does the word say? All right, everybody with me? What does the Word say? That's where we always start with everything. He says, okay, uh, the Word says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, look, look at this. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. He said, you made an A on that test. Listen to it. You have the knowledge. So what does he say? You need to do something with that knowledge. Do this and you'll live. See, Christianity is not a theory. It's an action. So he says, what do I do? Jesus said, you tell me. What does the word say? He said, he knew the word. Jesus said, you just need to go do it. Stop asking me and go do it. Then look what he says. But remember, he was just testing Jesus. He wasn't really sincere. He was looking for a shortcut. Everybody with me? So he wanted to do what? Justify himself. So he asked Jesus, well, then who's my neighbor? So he says, now, wait a minute. This could get crazy. If there's, I'm supposed to love God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind, and I'm supposed to love my neighbor like myself. He said, let's qualify this thing. Come on. Who's my neighbor? Jesus said, well, I guess I'm going to have to take you to school. guess you need to understand who your neighbor is. Because, see, the opposite of what God wants to do is this. The opposite of what he wants is this. Let me narrow who I give my seed to. Let me qualify who I'm kind to. Let me categorize who's going to get my attention. 
Let me make sure that anybody I give something to is going to give something back to me. Let me make sure they look like me. <laughs> Let me make sure they live in my neighborhood. Let me make sure, you understand, I could go on. Let me make sure they voted for who I voted for. Well, well, that sermon needs to be preached. Let me make sure. He said, so who's my neighbor? Come on, let's qualify this thing. All right? So Jesus said, you ask? Here we go. He says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And I'm going to read a little fast. I want to get to these truths. He fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. Now remember, he's asking, who am I supposed to love like myself? Who is my neighbor? That, this is the question. He took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any expense, any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So who is my neighbor? Anybody that needs me. Anybody who I come across who's hurting. Anybody who God sovereignly crossed my path with that needs trouble, whether it's convenient or not in that moment, they become my neighbor. So who is my neighbor? It's what we read in Acts chapter 1, that we don't stop preaching the gospel to this Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and goes up to the uttermost parts of the earth. Because if, if, if it's fair for one man to hear the gospel twice before every man has heard the gospel once. Is it fair for me to live in a bubble in the United States and not love the rest of this world that desperately needs Jesus? But I want you to understand the roles in this parable because it speaks to what we're learning here. And so who, who is represented in this? So this man is beaten and left to die. And, and, and oftentimes we focus on the priest. He didn't do it. The Levite didn't do it. They're the religious people. Religion didn't help him. The Samaritan comes by who is a person not accepted in Jerusalem because he's a blended ethnic background and he's usually an outsider. But the Samaritan had mercy on him. See, the question is, who's my neighbor? So the Samaritan had mercy on him, picked him up, bandaged his wounds, put him on his donkey, took him to an inn, took care of him. And when he left, he said, here's some of my money. You take care of him. What happened? Here's some of my seed. You take care of him. So in this parable, the innkeeper is the church. And the Samaritan is Jesus. Because like the man beaten to die, you and I were laying on a road somewhere half dead. You and I had been beaten up and kicked to the side and left to die. People had lied to us, broken vows, broken promises, been dysfunctional, abused us, and life looked bad and there seemed to be no hope. And religion had failed us and we were dying. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, left the glory of heaven and put on our flesh and walked down our street and came in my neighborhood and knelt down in my bloody mess and got it all over him and said, I'm not going to leave you till I know you're going to be okay. 
And so that's who Jesus is. But he took him someplace and trusted that place to finish what he started. And he said, I'm going to underwrite the cost because I'm the God of this universe. And he puts in every believer and in every church enough seed to take care of every wounded, broken, hurting, lost person that the world has thrown away. And then he said, if you spend any more, I like this because we miss this. See, he said, if, if, if you go above and beyond, if you don't just do what you have to, but you do what you need to, if you're not satisfied to skate through on this thing, if you put some of your skin in the game, he said, I want you to know, listen, church, I'm coming back someday. <laughs> Jesus is coming back someday. And when he comes back, I can't wait. Because I hope we line up on the streets of gold. Come on, somebody with me. And he says, I want all Calvary to come over here. And we line up. Here we come. He said, you know, I brought some hurting people to you at Jesus and his friend. And you didn't just do what you have to. You didn't feed them a hot dog and a bag of chips. You gave them a 20-pound turkey and a bag full of groceries and put a gift in the little boys and girls' hands. And you sent missionaries around the world and you built schools and you built churches that you and your kids would never sit in. But you loved your neighbor who was hurting. And I just want you to know I've come back and I'm here to settle the account. And I want you to know you've never outgiven me. You've never done more than I've been keeping a record on. And now I'm going to pay you back. It may not be in the currency of this world, but I want you to know, Calvary, you are stacking some treasures in heaven. There is going to be a day on this earth and in eternity where I believe God's going to say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Does everybody see the story here? Who's my neighbor? Anybody that needs me, that's my neighbor. And we're not trying to limit who it is. I've had people ask me, well, Pastor, when is enough enough? I said, when every person on the planet knows Jesus, then we'll hit the break. Until then, we're going to stay on this thing till Jesus comes back. Anybody with me in this process? Oh, you see, we, we are the innkeeper. <laughs> we're, we're the person that Jesus said, I trust you to take care of these folks that I started to do this. And I'm going to pay you back. I, I, I'm excited about that. I've got time maybe for one more. Uh, let, let me show you this. Go to Mark chapter 5 and verse 21. Mark 5, 21. Because you see, I want you to understand. This whole process that we're learning, that's dynamic, that's exciting. That I, I want to live like life like this, don't you? I don't want to just live normal life. I want to live life connected with the purposes of God. How many want to live that kind of life? I want to begin to discover the seeds in my life. See, there are a lot of things that God blessed you with you thought they were just for you. Do you know the ability you're using to earn an income for your family right now? Do you realize that's a gift? Do you understand that? That's a gift. I, I, I chuckle. You know, they you know, take, can't put God in school. Of course, people pray in school all the time. You know that, just not over loud speaker. But we have a big enough revival. That'll come back. Amen. So, but, you know, you take an aptitude test. In school, you know what you're doing? You're literally <laughs> discovering some of the gifts that God invested in your life. And when we give those back to God, they go to an entirely different level. It's powerful. We, we begin to understand that. But listen to me. Every one of these 
opportunities to sow seed, listen carefully, will be a decision that you and I have to make. It's always left to us. God provides the opportunities, but we have to plant the seed. It's amazing. Every time seed's planted, a decision had to be made. A choice was given. You're never forced. You're never mandated. You're presented opportunity. See, the priest had an opportunity to sow a seed, and he walked by, and his seed stayed with him. The Levite had an opportunity to plant a seed, but he walked by, and it stayed with him. The Samaritan had an opportunity to plant a seed. He did it, and it multiplied. We're reading about it today. We're understanding about it right now. It's always a decision. How many hear what I'm saying? We, you've heard this theme throughout the day. We, we must come to a place where we understand that my life, our life, is a sum total of the decisions we make, not the people around us. Are we affected by their decisions? Yes. But you listen to me. Every cruel or unfaithful or unkind decision another person has made that has impacted your life, God gives you an opportunity to make a decision that it carries a greater impact than anything they could ever do to you. And so your right decision can trump any bad decision that's been around you. In fact, one good decision can eradicate a lifetime of bad decision. You can be hearing me right now online in this place and, and your life is not what you thought it would be and you're not who you thought you would be. But you can make one decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord and His power can break every chain that has held you from your failure and position you for the best part of your life. One right decision can do away with a lifetime of bad decision. Listen to me. But you have to make a decision. Mark chapter 5. Let's look at verse 21. We've studied this chapter before, but in this context, I want you to see it. It said, When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet. And pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she'll be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Let me stop there in the middle of the verse. So Jesus went with him. Watch this. Here's a process we have to understand. We're going we're gonna to move to something else. Every time God gives us an opportunity to plant the seed, to seize the moment, to recognize what's going on, we will always have to make a decision. It always begins with a promise. So Jairus says, Jesus, I'm desperate. My daughter's dying. Will you come? And he says, let's go. And so what, what happened? Oh, I've got a promise. I've got some direction. Jesus is coming to my house. Life's going to get better. My daughter's going to be well. I risk everything to come, but this is going to be good. It's going to be great. And you know what happened? On the way, as the crowd's pressing in on him, a little lady was in that crowd. And she had been sick 12 years, and she had gotten worse. And she said in her weakened physical condition, if I can touch the hem of his robe, if I just touch his clothes, see, the crowd was all over her. And she said, he doesn't have to see me. He doesn't even have to know who I am. I want you to hear this kind of faith. I don't need a front row. I don't need a, anything. I, I, I don't care if you step on me. I know if I touch him, my life's going to be okay. 
Anybody with me right now? Yeah, I'm going to do it. And so she touched him and instantly she was healed. And, and, and Jesus stopped. And he said, somebody just touched me. And the disciples said, what do you mean somebody touched you? This crowd is pressing in on us. And we can hardly walk. He said, no, somebody touched me because I felt power go out of my life. And the lady said, sir, it was me. He said, your faith has healed you. Go and be well. I'm going to tell you, that, listen, come on. Sometimes you, you, you can be in a crowd, but it takes another step to touch it. See, sometimes you need to come to church with the attitude. I know there's going to be a lot of people there today, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to touch Jesus today. I'm going to get close enough to touch his garment. So let's go on. There's a whole lot of preaching there. But look, verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter has died. Can you imagine? He had this promise. He's coming to my house. He's going, it's going to be okay. So she died. And look what they said. Don't, don't bother the teacher anymore. It's, it's, you missed it, Jairus. It, I know he said he was coming, but the timing's off. She's dead. Let's just go home. Jesus heard that. Watch this. Verse 36. Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid. Just believe. I'm still going to your house. <laughs> now listen to me. Every time God puts a promise in your life that begins to draw us to, to the step we're going, to the future, to this thing in our life. See, see, when, listen. Every time he gives you a promise, he gives you a seed that's going to get you there. Listen closely. It's true. you got to get this. But every time God gives you a promise, I notice you always encounter a problem along the way. Everybody with me? How many of you are believing for some things that haven't happened yet? How many of you have encountered some opposition to what you're praying and believing for? Don't be afraid. <laughs> Don't give up. Every time a promise comes, a problem follows after. I'm going to help you. The problem is not going to end the process unless you walk off. The problem is just a signal that the present, come on, listen to me, is not big enough to hold the future harvest that God's about to put inside your life. The reason that a problem surrounded the promise is like the shell surrounding the seed. And the shell is telling that seed, this, you're too, you, you can't go anywhere. <laughs> See, you, you, you got me. I'm going to hold you down. But when you put that seed in the right place at the right time and it gets out of my hand, then what happens to my problem? My problem is just a signal that what's inside of me is too big for this moment. That the person he gave the promise to is not a big enough person yet to inherit the harvest. But if I will stay faithful when the problem confronts my promise, God is going to do something big in my life. What are you saying, Pastor? You're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to make a decision. See, what did he say? He said, come on, let's keep walking. Jairus, let's keep going. Now, Jairus had to make a decision. Do I trust him? Do I believe him? Am I going to trust him? See, am I going to go do this? You know what the greatest seed you may ever sow at times is to put your faith in God. Your seed today may be not giving up. I'm not giving up. 
I'm not giving up. Maybe you've buried some seeds. Come on, I want to help you today. And you've given up on them. I'm going to ask you to go dig some things up right now. I'm going to go ask you to go look somewhere where you put that seed in a drawer and forgot about it. And I'm going to tell you something, that if you and I will sow the seed of trusting God, if I will make a decision, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to hold on to this. I'm I'm going to stay through the process. We're going to see some incredible harvest come in our life. The rest of the stories, he goes to the house. A little girl is raised from the dead. Now, I want to tell you something. See, you and I are praying, God, heal my daughter. Come on. God, heal this thing. And God is saying, I'm going to do something better than heal this thing. I'm going to resurrect something today. See, I get upset because I didn't get a healing when God's planning a resurrection. Anybody with me right now? Unless the seed falls in the ground and dies, it stays a seed. But if I let go of it, if I get my hands off of it, if I'll trust Him and say, God, I trust you. I'm going to walk with you. Oh, I'd like to read it. We'll get to it in next week or so. Remember the Shunammite woman who had the little boy born because the prophet prophesied and then the boy dies? She puts the boy up in the prophet's room. And she gets on her donkey and said, I'm going to go find the prophet. And all along the way, somebody says, there's something wrong. She says, everything's fine. And she gets to the next place. There's something wrong. Everything's going to be fine. There's something wrong. Everything's going to be fine. Some of us today need to make a faith decision and get our faith back in our hand and believe that God is who He says He is and He will not tell a lie. And it hasn't happened yet, but we came today and said, all is well at my house. I'm praising God at this place. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to see it. It, She may have died, but now I'm going to have a resurrection. I'm not walking away, giving up, taking my hands off. I planted that seed. I'm not going to dig it up. I'm going to have a harvest, and I'm going to trust my God in the process. Come on. Let's thank Him for that today. Hallelujah. That's how the kingdom operates. That's how the kingdom moves. That's what God does. And, and, and today on this, on this Kingdom Builder Sunday, that's, what, that's all you and I are doing. We're making a decision about what to do with some seed that He's put in our life. I want you to get that card out of the seat back. If you're sitting on the front row, somebody hands you one. I want you to get that Kingdom Builder card in your hand. Everybody in the house. So I wouldn't plan on doing anything. That's fine. Just get it in your hand right now. See, I'm convinced... That God is looking for a place to expand seed so the grace of God can be multiplied. How many can say amen to that? So, Pastor, what can I do? You do whatever God tells you to do. And what this is, is nobody comes back, calls you up and does this. This is is called a faith promise to God. And we'll take these up, and when we do, we're going to make commitments on these to missionaries and ministries and people around the world. For the next year. Say, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want to do in my life through the next year? I want you to take that in your hand. You got it in your hand? I want you to look at something with me. Because I want to send a message out of Calvary right now. I want you to just hold on to that. Remember I said, you make a plan. You pray. You ask God, God, what do you want to do? Through me and my family. Through me for this next year. God, what do you want to do? We're going to respond to that in a minute. But I want to send a message to the people who have been beaten and left on the roadside. Anybody want to send a message with me? I want to send a message to those the world has overlooked and forgotten. 
I want to send a message from Calvary to the religious people that forgot him. I want to send a message to the devil that you haven't won. I want to send a message today that says we're going to plant our seed. and We hear you. We haven't forgotten you. I want to send a message to the little children that are hungry. I want to send a message to the girls caught in, in, in human trafficking. I want to send a message to the poor places and the needy places in North Alabama and around this world. I want to say we see you. We hear you. And you know what I want to say to them? We're coming for you in the name of Jesus. That's who we are, church. That's what we do. And you know, that car's in front of you. And I want to say something to you. I want to thank you. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for all the hungry children in North Alabama and on five continents you've helped to feed. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for all the hopeless people that thought no one cared. And we came by. Because the kingdom builders brought them Jesus. I want to thank you for the boys and girls that are in schools in Latin America today who had no education and no hope, but they've met Jesus and they have an education. It's changed their life and their family. I want to thank you for the missionaries that we've sent to the field, our own, our own, that are there because you care. You sowed a seed and you said yes. I want to thank you for all the young women that have been rescued. Project Rescue from a life of sex trafficking beyond horror, beyond description. I want to thank you for our Decatur Dream Center and Adopt-A-Block and Lawrence County Dream Center. I want to thank you for the ladies that are in our women's recovery ministry and for their children who got their mother back, their family got their mom back. I want to thank you for the ladies who got their dignity and their hope back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank you for Jesus and his friends that we feed people at maybe the hardest time of the year to be underprivileged. We feed. We give gifts. It's remarkable what God does. I want to thank you for partnering with Convoy of Hope who go to the hardest places in the worst disasters in the toughest places on earth and share Jesus and hope because we can be a partner with somebody like that. I want to thank you for the 23,000 people that we touched this last year with our online ministries through Calvary that were in a home by themselves, that were isolated and discouraged. I want to thank you. You know, it doesn't just happen. How do those things happen? It's when we say yes. It's when we make a decision and say, you know what, God? If you want to use me, here I am. And what Kingdom Builder simply does is we take that card, we pray. It's so much more. It's not a contract. It's not a, uh, it's a statement of faith. It's a response that says, God, I pray I'm going to trust you over and above my tithe. This is what I'm going to give each week, each month, one time as we go through this year. And I ask you to complete that. Why? Just for one reason. So I'll know. So we'll know. So we have partners all around the world. We gave the list here during this time. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to by faith say we'll be there because I believe in God. I believe in you. And God will make a way. I'm so thankful. That kingdom builders gives us a chance. Put our arms around the world. How many are thankful for that? I'm thankful that we're rescuing hurting people here and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Why? Because we just did our part. And this is what I know. When we say yes, it develops us. And it multiplies the grace everywhere it goes. So I want to give you a minute right now. Ushers, I'm going to ask you to, if you can get your, you got the buckets, you know where they are. Grab all my ushers if you report back to the back. And let's... Let's plant a little bit of seed today. The worship team, will you come out? 
and join us. I'm so thankful. I think about the year. Philip, let me say this. this I'm talking about how it develops. Give me just a minute, guys, and I'll tell you to come. Let me share this testimony, just my own personal one. Phyllis and I, is this our fourth or fifth year of, master, of uh, Kingdom Builders? I don't remember. But I can say this. It's, it's been something for, for my family, for Phyllis and I. We pray about this every year. God, what do you want to do through us? And can I tell you something? There are times that he has said, do this. And we've looked at each other and said, you know, have you, have you ever felt like God asked you to do something? You kind of did a big swallow like, mm, okay. Well, can I tell you something? He's never failed a single time. Guys, come on all to the front first, right? Come on to the front. Let's give people time. Come on, ushers, all the ushers, come up front. We'll give you some. If you need a pen, these guys have pens, these ladies. But let me tell you what's happened. Phyllis has turned to one of our biggest faith encouragements, hasn't it? That we make a commitment. We've prayed about this. I know what God wants us to do today. And, and he did it. And, and we say, well, he made a way this year. So, you know, we've, we pray. We say, okay, God, so what's next year? What do you want to, we've already seen you do this. We have more faith. We step out to the next year. And it's become an incredible journey. I want you to see that in your life. I want you to have a testimony and say, you know, I said yes to God. And this is what he did for me. I said yes to God. And I see how real he is in all these areas. So I want to give you an opportunity that is very quick and easy to fill out. I'd rather you do it today if you know what God says. I find out if we take it and leave, sometimes it never comes back. You understand, life gets going. But I'd love for you to do this today. If you can do this right now, if you need to come back next Sunday, that's fine. I don't want to put any pressure on you. I want you to do what God said. I want you to experience this life of being a seed sower and watching what God does around the world. It doesn't matter how much you give compared to another person. What matters, did I say yes to God? My little when it's given to God, becomes great. My great becomes massive when it's given to God. And it's a faithful thing. And so as we are here, I want to pray over us, and then we're, we're going to take a moment and, and, and just allow God to direct and guide. This is a holy, sacred moment. We're planting seed. As these cards go in these offering buckets, I see seeds being planted. I want you to see what God is using you to do. Father, we come to you right now. And Lord, we have asked you to give us direction. We thank you for the opportunity to be a part of this. We rejoice in what's happening in this moment. We're so thankful that we get to participate in doing the very thing that's the heart of God. That you're going to use us to touch people we don't even know, but we'll see them in heaven someday. and Make a huge difference and rescue those that are hurting. Thank you, God, for giving us the opportunity. Thank you, God, for giving us the privilege. And so, Holy Spirit, lead and guide and direct each person. Lord, as we do this, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.